0: me a second. Well, happy Mother's Day to all of you that are here. Um, Like Pastor said, that without mothers, we wouldn't be here. And whether or not you have a great relationship with your mother, I know we have had mothers that have passed on. Um, Some people don't have a great relationship with their mother. We do honor the fact that we are here because of motherhood. And so we honor that. But at Apostolic Praise, we celebrate all women Um, I'm going to need more monitor in the house, Shane. Thank you. Um, We celebrate all women. So thank you to all of the women that are here, whether you have birth children or not birth children, but you are a spiritual mother to people in this place and to people outside of this building. So we honor you and we respect you. If we can give all the women in this place a big hand clap of appreciation. I'm very grateful for all the women in this place. Also, I want to wish my mother, who will probably watch this later, Happy Mother's Day to my mother-in-law, Carrie, to Sister Bruce, who might be watching online. Um, Happy Mother's Day to all those special women in our lives. I want to thank Lexi, before I forget, for putting together the display outside. So please give Lexi a big hand clap. She will be leaving uh, for her missions trip shortly, and so she has been doing balloon fundraisers. uh, All the money that she makes off balloons, she puts toward her missions trip, and she's going to be gone for six months, and we're going to miss her. So we will have no beautiful decorations for six months. So don't expect anything else till Christmas. (laughs) And then also, uh, thank you to, uh, it just still sounds like I'm like in a bowl. Thank you to. Thank you to my husband for the opportunity to minister to you all today. I truly appreciate it. Uh, I do not take it lightly at all. Um, you can actually sit down. I'm going to read something kind of uh, different first before we actually read our scripture for today. Thank you, worship team, for ushering us into the presence of the Lord. So this is just some uh, perspective of motherhood from a, a minister's a – mi- oh, that sounds so good. Yes. <laughs> from, a, uh, from a, um, a, um, a female minister that I know. Um, and I just wanted to share it because some of what she said just really hit home to me as a mom that has a one-year-old and also has almost seven-year-olds um, and then just seeing friends with children older than me and younger than me. So I'm just going to kind of read through a couple parts. This applies to all women, but even the men in this place can really uh, listen and understand some of this. So it says, Mommy, don't beat yourself up for not being able to do what Mom can do. Mom's kids do their own laundry, get their own food, and drive themselves to appointments, therefore leaving mom time to work a job and clean the baseboards. Mom has time to journal and read. Mom needs to spend her energies doing these things because she greatly misses a toddler on her hip while precariously measuring milk for the hastily prepared macaroni and cheese. She misses catching a dirty hand reaching into the generic store-bought cookies from the corner of her eye. Mom has to spend her time doing highbrow fancy things because she misses the kid whose school clothes she used to spend time getting stains out of. Oh, yes. Let mom do mom things without thinking you are subpar. She may go to college or take a pottery class. She may travel to exotic places. She may host fancy teas or teach Bible studies to others. You'll do those things too, mommy. But right now, the best investment of your time and energy is that child you've been entrusted with. Make their confidence your goal. Make their education your top priority. Make their ability to handle their emotions and insecurities your ambition. Don't try to split your time between your ambition and their needs. When you're no longer a mommy and you're instead a mom, you'll have more than enough time and energy to pursue your own ambitions, and you'll miss pairing the tiny socks from the laundry. So, mommies that are in this place... One day you won't be mommy. You'll be mom and you'll have more time. But those of you that are moms, keep in mind that mommies are in a different stage than you are right now. And then on the uh, flip side, she wrote some words kind of geared toward others. It said, it is the weirdest thing to go from singleness to motherhood. Do you remember how uncertain you felt about momming? It's remarkable really how a girl goes from being nervous she might break the baby to being so confident in her abilities that she starts advising all other mothers while she's still learning. She didn't take a mothering course. She has no previous experience, but here she is proclaiming the best way to bring up a human. She has decided the cleaning products you used are harmful and the medicines you gave your baby are poison. Quite frankly, it's absolutely insulting how these young mommies act like we, the previous generation of mothers, were idiots. As I scroll Facebook and see young mommies publicly shaming my favorite furniture polish, I want to yell, yeah, well, your kid is disrespectful and a wimp. Back in my day, we taught our kids to earn their awards, and they were polite when adults were talking. <laughs> but then I flashed back to what was different between me and the moms before me. Moms before me were all about feeding their babies formula, and when I wanted to supply my child with nutrients from my body the way God intended, predecessor mothers were horrified and embarrassed. Also, I wanted my baby to sleep with me. Sweet mercy, you would have thought I was a serial killer for attempting such a thing. They would tell me every story they've heard about babies being smothered in the night. I wanted my baby to, walk, to learn to walk barefoot. Again, more of the way God intended philosophy. All of the grandmas around me were mortified that my baby was shoeless, like a homeless orphan. I have found that generation after generation, mommies need to raise the baby, their babies their way. And somehow... That's how it should be. It's not appropriate for moms who are finished raising children to assume the role of instructor to the next generation of mommies. The mommy is being guided by instinct and intuition, and it is the mom's role now to be a support, to trust the mommy is doing her best, and she is endued to give her child everything she needed. Mommy, Mommies are not going to raise their babies the way you raised yours. They're going to structure their day differently than you did. They're going to feed them different foods than you did. Biting one's tongue seems to be the key to invitations to be with the baby and perhaps even be present to offer advice when asked. Moms and grandmas, stick around. Be an encouraging support because one day mommy will need a nap. (laughs) So I just wanted to share that, just some words of wisdom and a little bit of levity. But wherever you are in the stage of motherhood, whether you are... Not yet there in the very thick of it. Your children might be older or somewhere in between. We all are going, we all are going to do things differently. And you may not even have children at home. And just be, be a helper to those around you. And in the church, we need to be mindful of the fact that not everybody can do everything because we're all in different stages of life. And so I just wanted to share that, and I thought it was a lot of fun. So if we can all stand, we're going to go to the word of the Lord. Just one quick verse. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 33 says, The curse of the Lord is in the house of the wicked, but he blesseth the habitation, or the home, of the just. If we can go ahead and we'll pray, and then we will be seated. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to gather together and to worship you, God, and to praise you, Lord, and to learn more of your word. We ask you in the name of Jesus, God, that you are in the rest of the service today. God, anoint me to be your vessel, Lord, to speak the things that you want me to speak today, God, but Lord, help us all to receive it, God. Whatever you have for us today, God, whatever the moment is for us, Lord, that we will commit it to us, God. Let every word fall on good ground, Lord, in the name of Jesus, God, we give you all the glory. and honor and praise if you can give a big hand clap of praise and you may be seated (laughs) I do want to welcome all of our guests here today Um, those that are traveling those that are uh, local we appreciate you all being here Um, thank you for joining us today so we have all heard the phrase that says if mama ain't happy ain't nobody happy that's true if mama ain't happy ain't nobody happy and that kind of stinks but it kind of is the truth as well Uh, But every person, moms and dads, male and female, like, we all have our thing. Something or some things that really matter to them, but it's probably not that important in the grand scheme of things. Okay, we all have that thing. I'm sure email can share something. Email, you got something? What's one of your things? Just one. (laughs) Anything. Anything that just, like, mm, Dishes in the sink. You know what? Where do they go? Uh, on the counter next to it or the dishwasher. But in the grand scheme of things, you know, they're going to get washed eventually. Something else, he doesn't like tomato on his sandwiches. And if there's a tomato on the sandwich, he's not going to eat it, even though you can take the tomato off because it's got tomato juice on it. So uh, something else. Sis- Sister Leslie, can you share us a thing? We experienced the thing earlier. Yeah, so like these water bottle things, we we constantly go like this with them accidentally. And like we found out today, that's one of her things. They need to be straight and in a line, just like that. Anyone else have a thing they want to share? It's your time to speak freely. No? Okay, well, be careful. Uh, I might call on you all. Um, Actually, in my notes I wrote, the dishwasher has to be loaded a certain way. That's a thing for a lot of people. If you're the dishwasher loader, that's a thing for you. Now, I am no longer the dishwasher loader. Because nighttime is just, my husband took over dishes. So he doesn't care how the dishwasher is loaded. So therefore, since I'm not the one who loads a dishwasher anymore, I'm not allowed to complain about said dishwasher because I'm not the one doing it. However, I'm also really good at going back through and putting everything that's dirty because it didn't get washed properly in that dishwasher back in the sink and it's rewashed again. Um, Something else, some people, their vehicles must be immaculate. Um, I drive a very old van. My husband's van is slightly newer than mine, but not that much newer. But my van never has trash in it. I, my cars never do. I, I do not like trash in cars. Like, my car isn't perfect on the outside, but there's not trash. You're not going to find trash on there. I'm just going like trash in my car. Um, lawn lines. How many of you mow your lawn still? Just a few people. Do you care about the lawn lines? Yeah, those matter to some people. To me, I don't care. I mean, I don't understand. Or vacuum lines. Vacuum lines. I don't, uh, the floor is clean. But we also all have triggers, things that can set us off at a moment's notice, without a moment's notice, honestly. Things like, oh. So one of mine, and unfortunately, I said one because I have many, is uh, walking into a very messy house. I don't mind mess within reason. I like creative play. I encourage creative play. Um, But I know that when I walk into a very messy house, My children are going to be grumpy about having to clean it up. And then I'm coming home from work with, like, okay, I'm coming home. It's dinner time. It's bad homework. we got to read AR. we got to put them to bed. I still have to do the laundry and make lunches and get ready for bed myself. Like, my evening is planned out. So when I walk into a very messy house, it derails the whole afternoon, and I'm going to have upset children, and so the cleanup process is going to delay everything. And so I'm like, just take a picture of the fort and the creative stuff and text it to me and then clean up before I get home. That would just be wonderful. So here's an example. Yesterday, I already had my sermon written, and I came home. I had to work yesterday. I left the house at 7.15. Then I met him here the, for prayer, and I didn't get home till 8.30 last night. And I walk in, and I put my stuff in my room, and I look up. And I have made seven, I have made it seven years without a child writing on walls in my house. <laughs> and sometime yesterday, my one-year-old went to my nightstand and got out my Sharpie and wrote on my nightstand... And my side of the room on my wall, and there's marker prints on my sheets. There's none on my husband's. And I said, what, how did that happen? He's like, oh, it's probably cleaning the house. <laughs> I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> and I, I honestly though was very proud of myself. I, I just was like, okay. I, I did not yell and scream. I was thinking this is the Lord testing me because I was already going to talk about this tomorrow. So we all have triggers. We all have those things that just can set us off. Whining. Whining can be a really big one. Uh, bad drivers. I'm going to witness. Ugh, slow drivers. I heard slow drivers. <laughs> oh, man, I missed a light yesterday turning left because of a slow driver. I'm like, do you realize? And it's one of those lights we're in a shopping parking lot, and so it's going to be a really long light before it turns green again. Oh, um, People eating with their mouth open. Okay. Yeah, we all have those things. And, like, it's like they're all different for all of us. But so back to if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Every mom has rules because every mom has her things. Every mom has her triggers. Every mom has them. They're going to be different rules, but they're still going to have them. I asked Instagram for examples uh, of rules that their moms had or even, like, momisms, things that their moms said would grow growing up. So here are some different rules that were submitted. Number one, don't call guys hot. That was actually submitted by my sister because my mom would not let us say, that guy is hot. We had to say, that man has fine physical qualities. <laughs> <laughs> yep, she hated it. She, even when I was dating past her, I was not allowed to say it. She did not like it if I posted on Facebook, my hot fiance. She's like, no, no, that, they don't say that. Um, and now that I'm a little older, I kind of get it, but still, fine physical qualities. Um, it, another one was, you, my, uh, you should always walk into a room and just know what needs to be done. And that was also my mom that my sister sent in and that my mom would say that. And so you can blame all of my OCD on her, all of the things that I always notice and, like, I'm just so uh, uptight about. And, like, the constant it, the constant struggle, It's that's my mom's fault. So just blame my mom for that. Okay, guys? If you get frustrated that I'm always cleaning up things, just blame my mom. But it's true. I feel that way. I tell my husband, like, can't you just walk in the living room and, like, see the things that need to be cleaned up? But I guess not. Another one that was always be nicer than you are pretty because pretty fades. Oh, my! One of my friends said that her mom always said, if you go barefoot, you'll get sick. <laughs> I don't know. And then that same friend said that her mom would always say, turn on the lights. And she would quote John 319, which, and this is the condemnation, that light is coming to the world. And men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. So her mom would never let her have the lights off. Uh, another one that was sent in a couple times, "Don't shower during a storm. How many of you have said that or your mom said that? Yes, we were never allowed to shower during storms. I just no, never heard that. I don't know if it has to, like li- like lightning will strike the water when you're showering. Yeah, is that like a Florida thing? City water thing, well water. I don't know. I grew up on well water, but we were not allowed. I mean, we could play outside when it was raining and, like, drink from the faucet, but we couldn't take a shower. <laughs> I guess li- if it was lightning, we weren't allowed to be outside. But, yeah, we weren't allowed to shower. during And even now, I'm 37 or 38 years old. Like, when I hear the, like, I'm showering and I hear it lightning, I'm like, I wonder if I'm supposed to get out of the shower right now. <laughs> um, what about, like, you were driving in the car and you couldn't have the lights on because the police would pull you over? I don't understand. Like, yeah, my, like it'd be nighttime. You got to turn off those lights or I'm going to get pulled over by a cop. Like, no, I don't understand. <laughs> uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, another one was you can't leave the house in pajamas or in wrinkled clothes, but that obviously has changed post-pandemic <laughs> because all I see is wrinkled clothes and pajamas, especially in high school. Um, don't park next to vans. That sounds solid advice. Uh, My grandpa would always make me, uh, like, walk with my keys and my knuckles. Like, yeah, you know. And then one more was, and I had to ask what this meant. It was, you're breathing a scab. Melinda, do you care to share what that means? You're pushing limits. (laughs) You're breathing a scab. So you're about to get it. That's my new line. You're breathing a scab. Yeah, Shane sent that in. I was like, what does that even mean? <laughs> he says, because you're about to get it. So we all, have, uh, we all have moms that had different rules in our house. We all have them uh, for us. Oh, one more of mine. One of my triggers happened again this morning. I do not like children walking around the house eating like you're supposed to eat at the table. And pastor doesn't feel the same way. So. So there's chocolate waffle crumbs like all over my m- all over my sheets and my even my bedroom today. and so then Ensley wanted me to hold her and I'm like I'm wearing a white skirt like she's got chocolate all over her cuz she's walking around the house eating a ch- frozen chocolate waffle. We're supposed to eat at the kitchen, guys, or the dining room table, at a table. And ch- choking hazard too, clean and choking two things. So anyway, back to the sermon. Um, we all have rules. We all have different things that set us up, but here are some basic house rules that are likely present in some way in most homes, but that they should also be present in the house of God also. Rule number one, we will all do our part. Maybe your mom said we'll all help out, we all have chores, we all work together, something along those lines. We will all do our part. Helping around the house is a common expectation. From a young age, we teach our children to put away their toys. Ensley is about a year and a half, and she can put away her toys. Uh, She can throw things in the trash. She knows where to put her shoes. Um, So from a very young age, we start teaching our children to do things. And perhaps you were raised in a home that you didn't have chores, and you probably felt like it was super cool when you were a teenager to not have chores. But I guarantee you that when you became an adult, you wish your parents had taught you X, Y, and Z, um, cause I've heard that so many times, well, I don't know how to, you know, cook, or I don't know how to do laundry, or I don't know how to do a budget cause my mom and dad never taught me. And, um, so looking back, we wish we would have known some of these things, but probably most of us were raised doing chores and doing lawn work or things like that. And did you always like it? No. Do my kids always like it? No, they don't. But it's the responsibility of every family member to contribute to the house, and the same is true in the house of the Lord. The Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28, 19 says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And that name is? And the name is Jesus. And that's what we as individuals and as the body of believers and the church have been called to do. Now, that should be part of our, um, our, part of our regular personal life daily. But we should also be involved in the church's role in the Great Commission. Because we all have different gifts and we all have different talents. And 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it dives deeply into uh, spiritual gifts in the church body. And I could read the entire chapter and it would make sense and apply to the sermon. But I've been on that side of the pulpit enough to know I'm not going to read a whole chapter to you today. Um, But the too long don't read version of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is that we are all different members of the same body and we all have different gifts I'm going to say that again. We are different members of the same body with different gifts. Just like our body has hands. Our hands do things that our toes don't do. Uh, We have eyes. Our eyes do things that our ears don't do. So different members of the same body with different gifts. And there is absolutely no expectation that we all do the same thing or have the same thing or are the same thing. However, there is the expectation that everyone does something. Everyone should be doing something. Every part of our body has a role. Um, It all does do something. Now, if you've been serving God and working in his kingdom a long time, there can be a tendency to get frustrated at others who are not doing as much as you are or living up to your standards. How many oldest children do we have in here? I'm an oldest. I'm proud of it. I'm an oldest. How many middle children? You're somewhere in the middle. Okay. How many are the babies? Yeah, those babies, they get away with murder, don't they? They do. They get away with murder. Um, and, I mean, looking back, I know as the oldest, I did a whole lot more than my siblings did. That middle and the middle in my family was a boy, and he just got away with a lot. And then the baby was Hannah, who is, I'm sure she'll watch this too. She's with my mom. She's conniving and manipulative, even now, even now. But uh, babies, we know. And so, like, and that can be true in the house of God. Those of us that have been in the kingdom of God for a really long time, We might get frustrated with the fact that we seem to be doing more than other people. But it's the same uh, spiritually as it is uh, in the physical, in the family life. Like what I expect of my twins who are almost seven is not what I expect of Ensley. Ensley can help out, but the girls can do a whole lot more. And the same is true in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God has not called you to worry about other people's gifts or to think you are better because of your gifts. Matthew chapter 20 uh, talks about the parable of the laborers in the vineyard, and the master went out first thing in the morning, and he got workers, and he said, I'll give you uh, like one pence or one, one of whatever, whatever it was, one, one, one of those things, and so then he went out again uh, at the third hour, and he recruited some more workers who weren't working, and then again at the sixth hour, and the ninth hour, and then at the eleventh hour, which and at the end of the day, he gathered them all together, and he gave them each the same amount, the one the one pence. See, the people had been working 12 hours. The dude had been working one hour. And they all got the same wage, and the people who had been working all day long were complaining. Like, hey, we've been working all day long, we got the same thing. And he said, well, you, like, you were satisfied with that. And everyone is getting the same reward. And that is key because even the 11, um We are all going to go to heaven. It doesn't matter if you have been saved one day or if you've been saved since you came out of that womb. We're all going to heaven. We're all getting our mansion. We're all getting our crowns. As the body of Christ and the members of Apostolic Praise Church, we are all supposed to be contributing to the house of God. But we are not to be worrying about what other people are doing. But if you are a member of this church or you want to be a member of this church, it's time for you to consider, am I doing my part? What am I doing to advance his kingdom? Where am I serving to advance his kingdom? How am I using my talents and my gifts to advance his kingdom? Because everything that you have, you have because of the Lord. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And so if you consider yourself a member of this church or even if you want to be a member of this church, it's time for all of us to be following rule one. We will all do our part, and then we will not be worrying about what everyone else's part is because it's, it's my responsibility to worry about my part and help my children learn their part. But it's not my responsibility to worry about Brother Magamo's part and Brother Pearl's part. Rule number two, we will all get along, or we will not fight, we will not bicker, we will not argue. We all had rules like that growing up. I mean, uh, we probably heard that a lot in the back of the car. My mom is like reaching back, "You will get along." Uh, She's like trying to find our legs, (laughs) and I say my mom because my dad was driving, Uh, so that's why. But how many of us love to hear bickering? You just enjoy it. It's like what you want to go to sleep to at night. No, Uh, no bickering, no arguing. No, we don't. That's a hard no from all of us, Uh, especially like when it's arguing over the. Dumbest things. Like, at least argue over something like important. Like, you know, you like swung a rake at somebody. You can argue about that, but like, you know, who got the slightly bigger piece of pizza? Come on, I got more pizza. <laughs> you know, it just ir- it irritates me. If you can't tell. Um, when we were growing up, my mom would say to my siblings and I, like, when we were arguing. One day, you're all gonna grow up and get married. You're gonna move far away, and they're gonna be best of friends, and you're gonna like miss each other, and you're gonna wish you hadn't argued all this time, and Now that my brother lives in northern Canada, my sister in Illinois, I I can understand that. Uh, But getting along isn't easy because we're flesh, and flesh is carnal, and flesh is irritating. But we're not allowed to use that flesh card as an excuse for not getting along all the time. Galatians chapter 5 says that those that belong to Christ crucify their flesh. And just as Paul said that he dies daily, we too should be crucifying our flesh on a daily basis. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 7 through 10. Verse 7 says, The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self controlled and sober minded for the sake of your prayers. Verse 8 Above all, keep, being, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Number 9, show hospitality to one another without grumbling. And verse 10 As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another, as good stewards of God's very grace. Are you going to be best friends with every single person in this church? No, you're not going to. It's ridiculous to even think that that would be an expectation um, and offended if that's not, the ex- you know, if that's not happening. But we also, as the body of Christ, we're not called to be in cliques or have an air of exclusivity in this place, okay? We are members of the same body. If the eye doesn't do their job, they, like if my eye doesn't do my job, my feet are going to stumble and I'm going to fall. So what, what the eye is doing matters to what the feet. They all need each other. Psalm 133 1 says behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. So God help us if we're pharisaical in our walk with God thinking that we are better than so-and-so or we can't hang out with others because of this or that because God hated the Pharisees and he, we will not fool him if we have false love and humility. It is our responsibility to get along. Again, I'm not saying we're best friends. I'm saying we're getting along with each other. Frustrations and irritations, they're going to come. I'm sure that if you have siblings, if you have friends, if you are married, you've probably argued. Okay? They're, they're going to come. And, and just in, in the church, it's going to happen too. Someone's going to be upset about something. We're going to hurt someone's feelings. That's, it's going to happen. But we cannot let those frustrations and offenses fester in the kingdom of God. We are called to advance the kingdom of God, and if we are not getting along, we will also not be working together, and God's kingdom will not prosper. We will be harming this church and harming our community if we cannot get along as a body of believers. So house rule one was we all need to do our part. House rule two, we're all going to get along. That takes us to rule three, that we will serve the Lord. How many of you had Joshua 24:15 or at least a portion of it posted somewhere in your house growing up? Well, will uh, read it. It says, "And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the god of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord." I I grew up with that somewhere in my house. I'm actually, I bet my parents still have it somewhere in their house. Um, it's a really popular quote home decor, journals, stickers, and if you walk into Hobby Lobby, you probably can find ten things with that on there. Um, but it's a, po- and it's a popular thing to say. We will serve the Lord. And parents, those of you that are parents or maybe grandparents, I hope and I pray that you are living that out in your home, that you are training your children to serve the Lord. But serving the Lord goes beyond just showing up to church on Sundays. Serving the Lord is our daily devotion to him, our praying, our reading, our studying, our devotionals as a family, our fasting. That's what serving the Lord is. It goes beyond just showing up. Yes, we, working in his kingdom is important. I said rule one is we're all going to do our part, and we have to do our part. We, we won't have a church if all we just, just did is came and sat here and just heard pastor preach. If we didn't have worship team and if we'd have people mowing the lawn and people cleaning the, uh, the church, we wouldn't have a church. We must be doing our part. But there's more than just working in his kingdom. We can't get hung up on the Martha side of living for God. Often our service to God is easier, is easier than our actual serving of God. And we'll neglect that relationship with him. Jesus told Martha in Luke chapter 10 that Mary had chosen that better role. Service is necessary. We won't have church without service. But it doesn't replace our relationship with God. You have to have that relationship, and, and serving God is part of that relationship. If you do nothing and just take, 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 take from the body of Christ, you're not pouring back in like we're supposed to be, but you can't neglect your relationship with God. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, reasonable service. Like, it's your basic thing, okay, basic. In this house, in the house of God, he is asking that we truly serve him. If you are doing, if you are going to be a part of this family, of the Apostolic Praise family, it's time for you to evaluate, am I truly serving God? Worship team, if you can make your way up. The foundation of our relationship with God is salvation. Without salvation, we don't have a true relationship with God. Right. Acts chapter 2, verse 37 says, Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts, and they said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? They're asking, what shall we do to be saved? How do we, how do we get saved? And in verse 38 says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Verse 39, For the promise is unto you and to all your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God have called. If you haven't repented of your sins, if you haven't been filled with the Holy Ghost, or if you haven't been baptized in Jesus' name, that's your very first step towards serving God. Before we can make a, uh, before, if we can actually all stand. Sorry. And before we start coming to the altar and, and go into a full altar service, I want us all to repent because the Bible talks about us repenting on a daily basis. We all sin. We, it may not be we're not all, you know, robbing banks and being rude to people, but we sometimes have thoughts and attitudes, and those are things that we still need to repent over. So I want everyone to lift their hands. We're going to ask God just to forgive us, to wash us, and to prepare us for this next part. Lord, God, I ask you in the name of Jesus that you cleanse me, God. Lord, I repent, Lord, for anything that I have done that is not pleasing to you, God. Lord, any sin that I have committed, God, any thoughts in my head, God, any words that I have said that are not pleasing to you, God, I ask you, Lord, that you would take them from me, God. In the name of Jesus, Lord, God, I do not want to sin, God. Lord, I want to live righteously and purely, God, in the name of Jesus, Lord. God, forgive me, Lord. Help me, Lord, to turn from my wicked ways, God, and to serve you completely, God. God in the name of Jesus. So now that we have all repented, it's time for everyone to take that next step. Something that came to me, uh, I'm pulling a Raj, I thought about this while I was on the platform and he, when he comes to preach, he'll have like his sermon and like 12 papers that have extra notes he thought of during church. Um, but I didn't have paper, I was singing, so I'm trying to remember it. I... I, this was not in my notes, but I want you to think about if we knew that God was coming back tomorrow. Or if God spoke to you and said, the way that you're living right now, you're not you're not heaven bound. Or the way that you're living right now, your child's not heaven bound. What would you change in your life? I, I, I was convicted when God put that in my heart on the platform because I know That my devotions at home would be longer. I know that my prayer meetings with my girls would be deeper. And we have no idea. We don't know the time or the place that God is coming back for his church. And unfortunately, some of us may pass away in other circumstances before he even comes. And we cannot, we should not be betting on our salvation. If you're not confident that you are going to heaven... If you are not confident that you are raising children in a way that will get them to heaven, it is time to evaluate that today. We all can take our next step. For some, your next step might be that you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You know that you're filled with the Holy Ghost because you will speak with another tongue in a new language that you don't understand. For others, you might need to be baptized in Jesus' name. Some of you may need both, and it doesn't matter which order. Some people get baptized and then get the Holy Ghost. Some people get the Holy Ghost and then get baptized. If you've already received the Holy Ghost and you've already been baptized in Jesus' name, maybe your next step is asking God, Lord, how do you want me involved in your kingdom? What can I do to serve the house of the Lord? How can I do my part? Maybe you're already working. Maybe you need to ask God, God, help me to get along with others. God, I can't seem to make friendships in the church. So and so is always irritating me. Help me. Help me to get along with my fellow brothers and sisters. Or your next step might look might be looking at and evaluating your service and relationship with God. Are you truly a living sacrifice? Are you spending time with him daily? Are you growing in his word? Wherever you are in your walk with God, I want I invite you all to come to the altar. Whatever step you need to take, if you are fully confident you're going to heaven, great. Come on up and let's pray for some other people. And as you come, let's please make sure we don't block uh, block the aisles. That way, people can continue coming. Come on and just move on over. Let's keep an open path so that God tugs on hearts. We're not in the way. And as ministers and altar workers, as they start moving through, they're going to be praying with people. And if there is something that you need, if you need the Holy Ghost, or you need a, you want to be baptized in Jesus' name, or you're just ready for that next step with your walk with God, let somebody know, and we will pray with you, and we will make sure that you get baptized and that's what you want today. I can tell you that none of us have made it; none of us are completely saved. God has not come back for His church yet, so it is all it is time for all of us to take that next step. We need to serve the Lord. We need to do our part. We need to get along. We need to pray for each other, lift each other up. Let's put him first. Worship team, if you can begin singing, in the name of Jesus, we worship you, mighty God.